The, the series name is Family Matters. Last week we talked about humble beginnings, and if you weren't here last week, we had a couple places where we talked about important things. The first one was in Proverbs twenty-eight fourteen. The scripture says, "For he who has a tender heart lives a blessed life, but he who has a hard heart lives a hard life." And so I wanted to encourage you in your life. Last week we said we've got to be tender in our walk. We can't allow stuff. We can't allow hurts. We can't allow situations. We can't allow the fact that our kids aren't getting it or our wife doesn't, you know, come with us to church or we're not, we're not, we're not, we can't get our husband to act right or we, we can't allow all those things. In family issues and relationships, most of the problems that you have in your own family have to do with someone, maybe you, maybe both, maybe everybody being hurt. You may be all right. You guys are probably the good ones. You guys probably have everything going all right in your life. It's probably those people in first and third service who have issues and problems. It's all those other people in your family that are hurt. So we're, just, we're still going to pray for them at the end of the service. How about that? We'll, just, we'll intercede for them. We'll make sure that they're going to be okay. God loves family. He knows where you are, and he created family. And not only did he create it, he gave us each a part to play in that. And I love the fact that he sent Jesus into this earth and Jesus came not just to teach us the way to show us his ways, but he came here to model who you and I were supposed to be in our world, in our family relationships, in our relationship, of course, with him, and the relationship with the people who are around us. But right now, we'll just focus on the ones who are in our family. Maybe we stay within the home today. Maybe we branch out. I don't know where you are and I don't know what goes on in your family. Many of you may be here, you may be saying, Man, I, don't even, I don't even have family. Like Everybody's like dessert. You're still part of the family of God. And we have to remain tenderhearted, and we have to, number two in that thing from last week, we have to remain humble. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, those were the scriptures that we read. So if you weren't here last week, you can check it out online, or if you need a CD or whatever, you can see them in the back. They'll help you out get you caught up. But in that scripture... Paul was writing, and he said, he was talking to each one of us because he goes through this little scenario, and he says, if you've gotten anything out of Christ, if his love has done anything in your life, if you you even, at the end, he finally just said, look, if you even care, and then he goes on and he says, forget going after your own thing and lend a helping hand to those who are around you. That's the the last part of verse 4. He says, hey, I'm just talking to you. I mean, if you even care about the person who's with you, if you even care about the family, if you care about the relationships, if you care about who God made you to be in this earth, give me a break, do me a favor, he says, in the Message Bible. He says, lend a helping hand to the people who are around you. Forget about yourself. And then he goes on in that next verse, in in chapter 2, verse 5 in Philippians, and he begins to talk about Jesus and how he humbly came into this earth, not as deity that he was, but as a man like me and you. And then he says, be like-minded, think like Christ, be like him. So he tells us to, to forsake our own right in this earth and to seat ourselves to the people who are around us because that's how Christ was when he came. And today we're going to talk just a little bit about that maybe, but I'm going to give us a little bit of help in, in, in the doing of that in our life. We said there's no way that we can be like that without his grace. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, this was the end last week, we said we had to lean into his grace. And to access his grace, we had to walk in humility. Because it says 
in that chapter in 1 Peter 5. God resists the proud, but he gives his grace to the humble. That if we can remain tenderhearted, we'll live a blessed life. That as we walk in this earth, we have to walk in this earth humbly. Walk in all humility as Christ did. Now, I know you were all put into this earth to help the people who are around you. That's what we're called to do. But we're not put into this earth to fix the people who are around us. So as we talk today, like we talked last week, and we'll probably talk next week, I know you know how to fix them. What God is asking us to do is to serve them. But Pastor John, you don't know how bad it is. I'm just telling you. It probably is. You probably have been hurt. It probably hasn't been great. There probably are people who are standing and coming against you. Welcome to the game. Jesus faced some people who weren't excited about who he was in this earth. But I know this. He didn't come to fix them. He came to see that they were fixed. He said to the lady who was caught in the midst of adultery, you horrible, wretched sinner, I can't believe you would do that. Is that what he said? No. He said, young lady, where are your accusers? Well, they're gone. Neither do I condemn you. But he does lift us, right, to a new place. He says, go and sin no more. Well, you don't understand, man. My brother-in-law's been like this forever, and I've forgiven him about the last time. Well, he's going to do it again. And you can decide at that point, are you going to forgive him the next time or not? Well, you don't understand my family. We're all jacked up somewhere in our family. You don't understand my family and what I have to go through <laughs> to live with this lady and these kids God gave us. We all got things. I don't know what your family tree looks like, but you know, there's all kinds of people on it. At the end of this series, we're going to talk about all your exes and how they all live in Texas and how to deal with and live in Divorce, not God's plan and will for us, right? Jesus said to the, man, the men who asked him about divorce, hey, uh, Moses allowed it because of the, what? The hardness of your heart, right? The hardness of your heart. But I do believe God can be in the midst of that and he can make things work. You know, you may not have a tree with all these people on it or whatever. I don't understand why the uncle's about to fall off the tree. Rod, we're, we're not worth anything as uncles, apparently. They put the ant smack dab in the middle, you know? <laughs> But us uncles, you know, we're off somewhere in the bottom. God knows about you, and he knows about your family. From the very beginning, the name of the message today is we are family. We're his family, but, you know, from the very beginning, God was about family. And he he took, you know, he took all of us, and he planted us in this earth in a family, or else you wouldn't be here. If you spontaneously popped onto the earth, let me know. The rest of us came the natural way. He planted Adam and Eve in this earth. He planted Adam and said, you know what? It's not good that man be what? Alone. So he brought him a helpmate. He brought him Eve. And then he gave him Eve and he said, now go forward, go, go and be fruitful and multiply. We like to think of that as cash. You know, in today's world, we're thinking we're going to be fruitful and we're going to multiply. Or that could mean go forward and have some kids and have a family. 
He said to Noah as he was getting ready to have him build the ark and pour down that rain, gather up. See, we always think he gathered up all those animals. And he did tell them, get all the species and bring them onto the boat. But before that, he said, gather together your family and get them on the boat with you. And then when they came off the boat, he kind of said the same thing. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. He told Abraham, in you, Abraham, in your seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. He cares about you. He cares about your family. I know he looks like he didn't know what he was doing when you look at your family sometimes. But when you really stop and think about it, when we really act as mature believers, we realize God really did know what he was talking about. See, you fall in love and you get married because they're exactly like you. And then after about a day, you realize, they're nothing like me, Pastor. I don't know how I'm going to make it. But I see you yesterday, you said they were, they're just like me. They're my soulmate. Right? And your kids, they pop out and you go, this one looks like me, but acts like the devil. <laughs> when they get bigger, we, we get rid of them, right? They get older, we're like, that one's not mine. <laughs> I don't know where you came from. God knows what he's doing. In the New Testament, you know, we come with this idea and begin to talk about mutual submission and how the family is supposed to work in the New Testament church. And it doesn't throw away all the hierarchy and it doesn't throw away all the matriarch-patriarch-type family relationships that are in the Old Testament. But what it does in the New Testament is that it begins to give each person, man, woman, child, it gives each one of us rights in the relationship. It gives each one of us purpose. It gives each one of us being. That now as a, as a young person, as a child in this family, you have a part to play. As a husband in this family, you have a part to play, but so does your wife, which is unheard of at that point. That's why when Jesus said, suffer the little children that they come to me, they're all like, oh, he teaches with his wisdom. Why? That wasn't normal. It was a new idea and a new thought. But think about it this way. If we could all just live... Wives submitted to their husbands as unto the Lord. Husbands loving their wives as Christ loved the church. Children obey your parents. And fathers don't provoke your children to wrath. It's not very complicated. Guys will come and they'll say, Pastor, the Bible says my wife's supposed to submit to me. I heard somebody say one day, Tell him that was written to her and he's reading the wrong passage. Because it says, wives, submit yourselves to your husband. Go on a little further and read what you're supposed to do. So we start poking our nose where it doesn't belong. I know you come and it's a series about family. But you can't solve all the problems in your family. You can't fix all the folks in your family. Even though you know what they need and what they should do because we all are that smart, 
<laughs> we are. You can only fix you. But I promise you this. If you will allow God to fix you, he'll help you learn to serve and love your family. I know we just want to fix them. If he fixes me, can I fix them? I mean, if he tells me something and I got it straight, can I go tell my sister? Because she's just like me and she needs it too. Let God tell her. You love her. Submission is not a pretty word. We don't like it. We don't want to hear it. But we all have a part to play in this world. Jesus was placed in a family. God didn't, boop, put him in the earth. He was born into this earth, and he operated in a family. He had a mom. He even had a stepdad. He had a brother. I mean, there was a family, a family unit. He knows who you are. He knows who you put you with. He did it on purpose. And he's asking you to serve them. Submit yourself to them. Well, it says wives submit, husbands love. Yes, but if you go back to Ephesians chapter 5, right before he says, wives submit yourselves to your husband, in verse 21 it says, you all should submit yourselves to one another. In the NIV it says, out of reverence for Christ. Not because they're nice, not because they did it right, not because they treat you well, not because they always take out the trash or they always do the dishes or they always make the bed or they always clean their room. But you do it out of the reverence, out of your reverence for Christ, that you give yourselves to them. What does that do? It puts us in our family like we're supposed to be in the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The, the, the body has many parts, and each one must play their part. If the church, we like to talk about the church. If the church could just do that, if Sister Sally Sue could get her act together, boy, we could really go. If this guy would get his stuff together, the church could really I mean, we're all, we all understand that we're either an eye or a hand or a foot or a leg or whatever we are in the body of Christ. But think about it in your own family. Everybody in your family has a part to play. That doesn't mean that everybody has a chore. Everybody has a part to play. What is that part? to serve the others in the relationship. Now, I'm telling you, I'm, not, I'm living in a glass house here. I'm not good at this. <laughs> I, 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 I tend to... Now, don't look at me all pious, y'all thinking <laughs> you're going to change churches. Am I the only one that thinks about himself sometimes? Okay, all right. Give me a little amen. Somebody's going to... I mean, it's okay. Holy cow, I'm going to... Corey will come, play the piano, we'll pray, I'll be done. I'll be better, and you guys can all pray for me, and it'll be all right. Because the opposite of mutual submission is self-ambition. See, so you go, you go from mutual submission saying, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. Did they not watch Glee? I, I, whatever, I don't either. I swear, I don't watch any of that stuff. Corey was doing it. He was, no, he was doing it. Don't point at me. As soon as I said that the other day, you were like, it's all, you knew the moves. But we are all in this together. And once we all figure this out, once we start going this direction, it's all good. But you know what stops us is selfish ambition, man. It's about me. I don't want to do that. 
And if we want to live like Christ in this earth, if we want to, like it says in Philippians chapter two, forget about me and help you. Lend who I am to you to give my expertise, to give my influence, to give my gifts and talents, to give my time when I'm tired, to give my money when I don't have any, to, to give to somebody who's around me, who's my family. I can't be thinking about me. Because when you really get down to it, you're only interested in what you're interested in. And why do I have to help them do something that they can do themselves. That's the, way I, that's the way I, that's the way my natural mind thinks. Why should I have to help you when you can do it yourself? I'm tired, I've been working all day. We don't want to come right out and say that, but we think it. If my kids could just get there, why am I gonna help my kid? See, why am I going to help my brother-in-law? He's lazy anyway. That good for nothing? I've been telling him his whole life what he needed to do. That'd be a problem. See, but we, 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 have, a, we have a bit of an issue about us. I don't want to do that. Well, it says in James 3, verse 16, that where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil worker there. So if I'm going to walk in self, if I'm going to think about me, if I'm going to worry more about what it's going to cost me instead of helping her, my wife, or my kids, or my brother-in-law, or my uncle, if I'm not going to pour myself into who they are, but I'm worried more about me, I shouldn't be so caught off guard when I don't know what to do when I run into strife. See, when I'm confused and I don't know what, I gotta make this decision, but I don't know what to do. Well, let me just tell you, confusion comes when there's envy and self-seeking. In your life, if you struggle with this mutual submission, and people do, because man, when I do weddings, this is like the first thing you gotta sit down and say, okay, listen, we're gonna talk about this word. And everybody's like, yeah, I already know about it. <laughs> Usually the woman. Girl's got to get it right. And I say, but here's the deal. If you'll both mutually submit to each other, your life will be out of this world. I know, honey, you don't like that word submit. Not you, honey, but the honey I'm talking to in my pretend marriage counseling session. <laughs> I know you don't like that. But let me tell you, the real heart of this thing lies with him. And if, and if he'll love you like Christ loves the church, if he'll lay his life down for you like Christ laid his life down, you're going you're gonna to want to lay your life down and submit to him. You're going to live in this mutual submission that will absolutely, and then two weeks later, three weeks later, four months later, when problems enter in and things happen, you come back to it and say, what's up? Well, I didn't think it was going to be like. Well, he's not doing. We're going to talk next week about fighting. How to fight fair. <laughs> Sucker punch first and then run to the bathroom and lock the door. 
No, it's not the answer. Don't listen to that. Now, here's the deal. It's real simple, okay? Whether you're the mom, you're the dad, you're the uncle, you're the aunt, but right now as we focus maybe in your home, maybe you're the mom, you're the dad, you're the kids, somebody. Think about asking this question, what can I do to help? Instead of how can I get out of helping them, how can I stay far enough away that it's mumbling and I I can't be held accountable for what I heard because I didn't really hear it? Instead of hiding in the garage doing things I want to do and I need to do, How about asking this question? Man, my wife looks like she's really working hard. (sighs) Maybe it's only hard for me, but I'm working on it. (sighs) Honey, what can I do to help? Now, I know you're already thinking, I am not asking that. Because we're afraid they're actually going to tell us to do something. (laughs) I would do that if that was enough to get me off the hook, Joel, right? I mean, I would tell Tasha, Tasha, what can I do to help you, honey? Knowing she's going to say, it's all right, dear. You just sit there and watch TV. (laughs) But we're afraid she's going to say, well, since you've asked, I've prepared a little list. We're afraid someone's going to take advantage of us. We're afraid they're going to use us. That we might actually have to do something we don't want to do. Well, that's why you asked. Or you'd be doing it. See, we, str- we even struggle with that thought of what, why, because they're all, what if they really ask me to do something? I mean, what if they take the next time, then they'll want me to do it forever. No, man, all they want you to do is like take out the trash. All they want you to do is like help them with the dishes. All they want you to do is, like, help them with the problem. Help them with an issue. All they want to do is to have you help them make their life better. But isn't, isn't that what we're all called to do? Especially in the family. I mean, this goes out because we're all part of the family of God. But, I mean, this is just, you know, we're just talking about, like, in this court. I mean, this is, like, this is us. Can we, can we do that? Can we see that? Can we ask that of our brother-in-law? Can we ask that of our sister-in-law? Can we ask that of our, of our kids? Men, especially. Just talking to you for a moment. Your wife needed to hear you say that. I would say your wife is waiting. Boy, it gets quiet here too. It was quiet for a service when I said that. <laughs> Mine's waiting too, so I'm right there with you. I mean, we're all, kind of, I mean, we're all here together. But I'm telling you, men especially, your wives and your children are waiting for you to say that. Well, they should just ask. That's why they don't. They don't like, they don't like the back end of that. You get defensive. You begin to accuse. You try to fix Try to tell them why they should be doing something else. And if they were doing that, you wouldn't have to be involved and you wouldn't have to help. We don't do it on purpose. I always say, it's, just, it's not me. I mean, it's just the way that I respond. Yep, it is the way you respond. 
And that's the problem. So I'm not throwing stones at you. I'm throwing them at my own house. I used to walk around and I would ask, why do they all act this? Why do they all think I'm an ogre? <laughs> well, because <laughs> you kind of are. No, I'm not. This is just, I don't even mean I don't mean it. I'm just, this is the way I am. And you're not right. <laughs> you need some prayer and some medicine. Let <laughs> me go sit down for a little while. No. You need to repent. I do. And be different. Well, I don't know if I could do that because, yes, you can. Maybe in your natural abilities you can't, but we lean into his grace in those times of weakness, and he makes us strong. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I'm telling you, this will, this will absolutely change your world. It'll turn your whole household around. Well, I'm the man of the house. Yes. And Christ was the head of the church. But he ceded his power, authority, and dominion to those who were with him. He laid his life down for those who were with him. He gave himself up for his family. I'm not saying you don't cede the authority, the spiritual authority that God gave you in your house. I do know this, exuding and wielding power in your house does not bring peace, does not bring happiness. Some of those people that do that, you may know a few. I'm the man of the house. What I say goes. They're not usually happy people. We've been married 23 years, right? Is that right? 20? Okay. They've been so blissful, I just think it's like one. And I can't, even, I can't even name a time when I had to in our relationship. And I don't do everything right, believe me. You're keeping real quiet this service. She was, I think she got it all out first service. I had to move her to the back row. She was being very distracting. <laughs> the, the, I, I, can't, I can't even come up with a time or a place where I said, listen, I'm the head of this house and this is the way that it goes. I can't think of that. I can't even, can you? Seriously? When? Never mind. <laughs> Y'all can pray for pastor this week. It's going to be a long week. Really? Oh, well, okay. But you were wrong. <laughs> I, well, but there, there comes a moment, but that's what, 23 years. We threw tables at each other, but we didn't say stuff like that. <laughs> Selfish ambition. See, when you think about you and what you're going to get out of this and why it won't work for you. See, we don't care why it will work for her. We care that it won't work for me. See, I don't care that it'll make my kids' lives better. I do care that it's going to take me more time and it's going to be a burden for me. That's a problem. What can I do to help? There were 12 brothers who were the, that came, became the tribes of Israel as God began to bring that whole group of people onto the scene. And one brother had a dream. He had this purpose and this goal and this drive and a dream in his heart, a vision. And how different might it have been had those brothers said, Joseph, how can we help you? <laughs> Instead of, we're digging a pit this very moment. 
and we don't like you. Well, how am I going to serve this person? They're not gonna, they don't even like me. Why am I going to ask them that? Because Jesus did. Right? If you look and turn, you can turn there. In Romans chapter 5. Because see, our first thought is, look, they don't deserve it. Neither do we. We came into this earth like a sinner, like everybody else. We're going to leave as saints. But it says in Romans chapter 5, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be able to die probably for an upright person or somebody might willing perhaps to die for a person who's really good or especially good. But verse 8 says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still what? Sinners. We're going to pray here in just a second, but he didn't say, get your act together, and then I'll come help you. Jesus said, I'm going to help you. Get your act together. You're not Jesus in their life. You're just supposed to help them. Don't you think that you can fix them? Don't you think? We all do, right? I mean, if I ask you right now, what's your brother in law's problem? You all know, right? If I all ask you, you know, okay, what's your sister's deal? How are you going to fix her? You'd all give me, you got four things. If she'd just do this, right? Who fixed you? So who do you think is going to fix them? So we said this last week, two hurting people get together and they begin to just, rarely, rarely does God use one of them to help. He gets involved some other way. See, it's that thing that says, am, am, I, am I going to worry about always being right? So I'm not going to help them because they're wrong. And if they, just, they don't understand that I'm right, who cares? I've, I've come a long way. I've gotten a whole lot better at saying, it doesn't matter. What can I do to help? My kids are older. They're 19 and 23. But, man, I'm telling you, they still need, they need help. We'll talk about parenting in a couple weeks, but I'm telling you, men especially, your words are important. Women's words, they're important too. I'm not putting you, I'm just saying, as a dad, as a father, your words, man, they're huge. Hey, Daniel, I know it didn't go the way you thought it would go, buddy. How can I help you? What can I do to help get you out of this what can I do to help you how can I how can I help make this better what do you need son see how important would that be to hear as a 12 year old 10 year old 14 year old 23 year old 44 year old see how liberating is that to me the one who did the wrong thing or to me who needs the I'm already struggling with what I'm supposed to do. I already know I messed up. 
I already know I made mistakes. I already know I got myself in a jam. I already know I'm not living up to my part of the bargain. I already know I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm already beating myself up. I don't need my family to start kicking me when I'm down. I need them to pick me up. I say, I love you. I'm here for you. What can I do to help you? I know you say, that's not going to work. Give it a month. (laughs) You didn't get into this mess overnight. Right? Your family didn't come all crazy overnight. Your relationships didn't get all complicated, we say, right? It's complicated. That's code for, I haven't done everything right. But I don't want to tell you complicated pastor it didn't get complicated overnight give God a moment here to work not on them on you you begin to set the tone in those relationships tender hearted humble grace of God operating and moving in your life hurt not sticking Love. How about love abounding in your home? I mean, you know, we said last week, what if you just made a magic, magic wand and just poof, everything's perfect. I'm telling you, man, people like tear up. I mean, that's like, that's important. You live here. But listen, let me tell you, you can, there's something you can do about it. You can serve the ones God gave you to serve. Amen. You can do it. Let's stand up. I want to pray for you today. You know, I know there's moments where you don't want to do this. You don't want to ask that question. And I'll just give you this word of advice. That's probably the time you need to do it. In your life, just bow your head and you can close your eyes right where you are. In your life, just, just, just think where you are. See, are, 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 you, are you more important, like I said earlier, about being right, about making your point, about showing that you're smart, about showing that you didn't make a mistake, but they did, and you need them to come to that realization because, darn it, if they don't admit that they're wrong, they're never going to get any better. Well, all that might be true, but that's not going to help the situation. That's when you need to say, what can I do to help? How can I love you differently? How can I pray for you? What can I do to help you? Are you here today and you're hurt because people are coming against you in your life and in your family? You say, man, you don't understand, but my family is messed up. I've been so hurt. I've been so I mean, I don't even want to be around those people. I, I just, I don't even know. I just need God to do something in my life today because of the mess that it is. Just raise your hand. I know he's going to do something in your life today. I'm not going to have you come down here or anything else. I'm just going to pray for you right where you are. But you got to acknowledge that thing that says, you know what? I'm hurt, man. I need some, I need God to do some things. 
You know, they said that to me and they hurt me so bad, I don't know if I can forgive them. Yes, you can. You got it. There's not another choice. You're allowing those people who have hurt you to hold your happiness and your prosperity captive in your life. Let them go. If it's you, you say, I just got to let them go. Forgive them. Raise your hand. Raise your hand today. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.